Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, where a music podcast that chats to artists, musicians and creatives on their songwriting craft and upcoming projects. I'm your host, Simon Fink, and welcome to episode 298. Fresh off releasing their stunning sixth record a few weeks ago, Luca Brasi joined us on the pod today. We've got guitarist Patrick Marshall joining us to talk about the brand new record, which is titled The World Don't Owe You Anything. Before we get to our chat with Pat, please make sure you subscribe to this pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever app that you use, and follow us across all of our socials. Details for all can be found within the show notes of today's episode. Our guest today is Luca Brasi. The alternative rock four-piece hailing from Tasmania have been winning hearts across the country since their inception back in 2009. Known for their heart on their sleeve lyrics and inspiring melodic riffs, the band has toured with artists like Alexis on Fire, Turnover and Violent Soho. They've also been attributed to inspiring the local music scene in Hobart by various musicians from Tasmania, including artists like Cat Edwards and Maddie Jane. A few weeks ago, they burst back into our lives with their sixth studio record, which is titled The World Don't Owe You Anything. Fresh from their recent acoustic tour, guitarist Pat Marshall joins us on the pod. In today's episode, we're going to talk to Pat about the introspective theme on this record and some of the songwriting behind it. We discuss Pat's role as the engineer for this record and how he found the role differed to being part of the band. We also talk about the future of touring for Luca Brasi and when we can expect to see them playing some more shows. The World Don't Know You Anything is out right now and we've left links in the show notes for you to purchase the record. We also want to say a massive thank you to Amy from Death Proof PR for her help with today's episode. Here is our conversation with Luca Brasi. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, Patrick Marshall from Luca Brasi. Patrick, hello, how are you? Very well, thanks, Simon. Thanks very much for having me on the show. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I, I very much appreciate it as it's um, an incredibly busy time for the band at the moment. There's a brand new album out in the form of The World Don't Owe You Anything. Firstly, congratulations on the album. Oh, thank you very much. Feels feels great to have it finally out with the world. I can only imagine how long... Um, I guess, how long have you guys been working on this record? Are you guys a band that will jump straight back into the studio after a record kind of comes out? Um, I reckon we usually start probably about six months after the record comes out. Usually <laughs> you kind of finish the album and then you're kind of exhausted of all creative ideas and then you kind of get into the touring cycle. It's generally not until that kind of 
main album touring cycle's over that we start to get back into writing new music. So I'd say it uh, took about two years to put together. But, so it's been maybe about three years since the last record came out. So there was obviously a bit of time before we started on, on, the, on the latest one. Of course. Well, it, it's a fantastic album, I do have to say. It is the... Well, thank you. Of course. Um, it's the sixth record from the band, I think. How has the release of each album kind of changed for you and the guys? Is there something, um, do you, I guess, is there, firstly, is there a tradition each release day that you guys kind of use to celebrate? Yeah, we always um, turn into a bit of a thing. We're generally away from when the record comes out, so we usually like to take ourselves out for a nice champagne breakfast somewhere <laughs> nice. to celebrate the launch. So, yeah, that's generally the tradition, going to get a nice brekkie and just have a glass of bubbles to celebrate. I think that's it's a very nice and classy way to do it without overdoing <laughs> it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, this record, it is a... I don't want to say atypical. It is very much in the, in the vein of Luca Brasi. It is a beautiful kind of a showcase of, of what you guys do best. I wanted to talk to you today both about the songwriting, which we'll get into in a little bit as well, but um, I know that you engineered the record as well, and I wanted to kind of touch on that to begin with. I guess, is this your first time engineering um, a record? Yeah, this is my first time engineering a full record like we did bits and pieces on the last one but we had a a bit more outside help um with the drums and things like that um but this time around basically we did everything ourselves apart from the mixing and mastering so yeah we pulled all of the tones um and recorded all of the tracks ourselves this time around so yeah a pretty daunting experience but it's (laughs) it's also a lot of fun at the same time of course i guess oh yeah I'd be very curious, I guess, in terms of the experience, as you said, somewhat daunting, but does it not break a fourth wall, but I guess does it change your perspective on some of the songwriting when you're then having to also contribute to a, a I don't want to say external factor, but something that's not necessarily just within the, the music-making aspect of the band? Yeah, I think it can lead to some interesting results because I think a lot of the time just by playing around and trying to get the right sounds and tones, you inevitably come up with extra parts or something for a song at the same time. Like maybe you're messing around with a particular delay pedal or something and you go, oh, what if we just added this here? So I feel like if you're doing it all yourself, there's a bit of a tendency to kind of play around a bit more and build up and build up songs so you can end up with these quite textured layers within each song. 100%. Is it something that you would, um, I guess, that you're looking to do more of, whether it is with the band or externally as maybe like a, um, a side thing for yourself? Oh, I'd love to make more records, but I'm a bit time poor, unfortunately. <laughs> so um, this Barazi one took me a very long time and I'd love to do more, but, yeah, I don't think I could commit um, for another band, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, look, I can very much respect that. Um I can only imagine kind of, again, with everything that you guys have going on, kind of juggling that and then that externally, I can um, I can imagine, yeah, it might be a little bit difficult. So I look forward to maybe seeing what does happen in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say we'll definitely keep making the Luca Brasi records ourselves from here on in. I can't see mm-hmm. why that would, that would change unless, yeah, some other opportunity came along. 100%. Um, I think it was in 20... I want to say it's early 2021, we had... Um, the pleasure of having Thomas from Luca Brasi on the podcast. Oh, did you? Yeah, fantastic. In support of um, Everything is Tenuous. And we had a chat in relation to 
the making of that record and how I guess COVID um, had an impact on on some of the songwriting and how it was recorded this time around. I know we said six months out <laughs> from that previous record. Was there any kind of remote recording remnant kind of left over or were you guys able to get back into a room to be able to write and play this one? Um, we tend to not write together anyway these days. So generally how the songs will come about, um, either Tom or myself will come up, I guess, with the riffs and the main structure for a song and so get the bones of it together and generally we'll flesh out basically um, a structure of a song before it's even presented to the band. So I might bring a song kind of 80% finished to the guys and say, hey, here we go. Um, Tyler, have you got any, any ideas for vocal melodies? Or Tom, is there anything you think? And vice versa with the songs Tom writes. So it's not very often we actually sit down together in a room as a band and write a song. That being said, when we do get Tyler around to start working on vocals when he brings the lyrics in, we do kind of workshop that quite a lot um, together. So that's that's together. But, yeah, we're not really in a room jamming out a song so much. It's more, I don't know, maybe it's just we work better that way or maybe it's just because it's it's easier to do it when you've, the inspiration comes to just jump on it yourself and, um, and, and flesh it out that way. Has that always been the, the process of the band? Pretty much, although I must say some of our probably more popular songs have come around either at a band practice or something when someone's just been mucking around. It's like, hey, what's that? And then, like, I remember anything near conviction started like that. Tom was just playing around with that riff. It was like, oh, what's that? And then I just threw the lead riff over the top. And I also remember the clothes I slept in. That was a sound check summer, I think, and I was just mucking around and came up with that riff. So, yeah, most, mostly it has been, but there has been the odd occasions. <laughs> Sometimes they work out to be the best songs, so maybe we need to change the process. It's funny you mentioned sound check because we've, um, we've recently had a few acts on where it kind of appears that the, um, I want to say almost like the freedom of sound check in terms of you're not sitting down with the intent to try and create or try and compose, that you're literally mucking around just noodling things out in a way when it's sound checking and that's when some of the best ideas just kind of seem to appear and and form yeah 100 percent. that's exactly what happens sometimes you know maybe um you know it's taking a while for the sound engineer to get all the sounds going or something's not working so you've always got dead time there and you've probably already got the guitar slung around so yeah you just noodle around every now and then just a little piece of magic comes out that's awesome. <laughs> I love those kind of organic stories. Um, <laughs> I would love to know, Pat, um, I guess your introduction to music and writing music and, and where you kind of got your start in both writing riffs and, and melodies, but I guess um, is it just Tyler that writes the lyrics for Brazi by himself or is there contributions from you guys as well? Yeah, no, he definitely writes all the lyrics. He's such a good lyricist and um Ah, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd hate to try and put words into his mouth. Like every now and then we might have a suggestion what maybe change this word or change this phrasing, but he'll come basically, you know, with his phone full of notes of lyrics essentially. Um, we do flesh out the melodies together, but, yeah, the words are certainly all of his and he does such a great job of that. That's awesome. Um, sorry, I, I got sidetracked then. Uh, yeah, I'd love to know about your start in terms of you, you writing music and kind of how you came to, to be the guitarist within the band and, and writing those melodies and riffs. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, so um, I guess like most people started playing guitar in primary school, I think, and then we had a really great um, music teacher at our high school where we grew up who really encouraged everyone to just play in bands. So Tyler and myself and Danny actually played in a different band together when we were in high school. Tom was a year younger than us, so he, he, he wasn't in our band. Um, at that stage, he was just playing Blink-182 covers and um, <laughs> you know, anything else classics, that was going yeah. on <laughs> yeah, anything we could um, manage to play. And then we did, even in high school, I felt like we started to write the odd song like that obviously terrible but <laughs> we started like writing a few riffs and things like that and then um when it got to year 11 and 12 like our, our high school only went to year 10 so either had to move to Hobart or move to Launceston and some of us went to Hobart and some of us moved to Launceston so that that band kind of ended at that stage and when Tyler went to Launceston him and Tom started Luca Brasi I was down at Hobart in the time and then I joined um a few years later essentially. So they already had one record under their belt before I joined. But um, I was lucky enough on that first record, they got me into um, sing some harmonies on that record because they didn't have anyone doing backing vocals <laughs> at that stage. <laughs> so I am still on that record, but I didn't play any guitar or write any of the songs. And so it wasn't until I think by a thread, maybe I've got, there's one song I wrote on that one. And then Extended Family, I wrote Aeroplane and that was kind of my first big song for the band. And then it's kind of just built up and built up. Like it used to be Tom would probably write 90% of the songs, but now it seems to be a bit more of a, an even split between us. And I think we balance each other out quite well as well because he comes at it from a much more technical perspective and I come out, come out with a much more simplified perspective. And I think too much of either of those probably isn't a good thing. So if I write quite a simple song, he might be like, hey, what if we just throw this chord in here and all of a sudden it makes it much more interesting or other times he'll come with a song and he'll just have got completely stuck with where to go. I said, oh, why don't we just do this and something really simple and it kind of brings it all together. So I, th I feel like we complement each other quite nicely. I do love that. I think that um, Luca Brasi's music, this album and previous work has always been very distinctive and not just in the way that it sounds as in, you know, like the vocalist's own vocal tone, but in terms of like how the songs kind of flow, the chord progressions, the cadences, things like that. So it's interesting to hear, I guess, the process is, I guess, like a more technical and then a more simplified and then it's just the the melding and the, the meeting of yeah. the two minds in that way. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It'd be interesting like... um Obviously, I can tell very easily which ones I've written and which ones Tom's written, but I'd be interested to know if other people can figure it as well. Oh, okay. All right. After I'll come back to you after today's interview and we'll, yeah, you we'll have a look at which ones I wrote on the new record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to highlight one and I'm 
given the opportunity now, I'm not sure if I've picked the right one. I wanted to talk about a, a song that stood out to me on the record the most. You can let me know whose song that it might have been. Uh, it was the track Losing, which I thought was a brilliant track on the record. Um, it was one about, uh, what was it? I think it's the passage of time and just the inability to kind of return to some of those memories. I was going to ask if we can maybe go and have a look at the the creation of this track and the inspiration behind it. But firstly, have I, is it a Patrick song or is it a Tom song? That one's a, a Tom song. Oh, <laughs> I'm very sorry. That's totally fine. I was, I was still quite heavily involved, so I'm happy to talk about that song. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, uh, thank you for, for letting me ask that. Um, yeah, w- I guess, can you take us behind the creation of, the, of this track? Yeah, I think um, I'm just trying to remember back to how that came to be. I think it originally Tom had that, that riff um, for the intro and the verse, and I think mostly the chorus, but it was, um, it was a lot, I think it was quite a bit slower to begin with when you first brought it to us and probably quite a bit cleaner. Um, and I felt like on the last record, like the last record, we definitely tried to make an overall theme and vibe for the record. We were trying to go for that nineties kind of Goo Goo Dolls, Jimmy Eat World kind of vibe. Mm. Um, whereas this time round wanted to make it a little bit lean into each song a bit more. And I felt like maybe the last record probably could have done with a little bit more tempo changes and things like that. So this one, um, we definitely, I definitely remember we, I reckon we probably bumped it up by about 10 BPM, which was quite a bit. So it's quite a lot faster than it was. And then made the guitar tones quite a lot heavier as well. I think from from where it started to where it ends, like the structure is pretty much the same. I don't think really much changed at all. And we were working with um, Ben Stewart, did some production work with us on this record. Mm-hmm. And so we, I, I definitely know we sent him this song. And I think this is one of the only songs he kind of came back and said, I don't really have any ideas to the changes to how to change this song. He was kind of like, I think you've kind of nailed that song. So um, that was interesting because some of the other songs he sent back some quite um, different um, cut-ups of them, but this one kind of really stayed the same. So I think the only thing that really changed was the tempo and maybe just the aggressiveness on it. And I think actually now I'm thinking back, we also changed the key of the song too because was quite low in Tyler's register, so it was hard to get a lot of energy out of it. So I think we might have just thrown the capo on um, a couple of frets up just to bring it up a bit in the vocal range. That's awesome. I do love that song. So thank you for for sharing that kind of behind the behind the scenes look at it. Um, no way. I'm I'm fascinated by just before you mentioned, and I think that maybe having a listen to everything is tenuous. There are certain influences that you just mentioned then that I maybe wouldn't have gotten to myself in terms of like Goo Goo Dolls and. Um, definitely Jimmy Eat Well, but maybe Goo Goo Dolls I wouldn't have, have gotten there. Um, I'm curious, with each record that you guys record and, and write, do you have certain sonic influences that you're wanting to utilise with each record or is it just kind of what you happen to be listening to at the time or how, how do you kind of pick what's going to be a reference point for the record? Yeah, I think previously we have, and maybe it was because maybe Tom was doing a lot more of the writing at that stage. He, he always had a very clear vision for what he thought the record would be, and I think it's also a bit of a luxury too, depending on how many songs you can write. <laughs> so perhaps in the past we might write, uh, you know, 18 or 20 songs and maybe we'll finish 15 and then we can kind of choose what are the best um, 11 or 12 songs and what fit, fits that, that vibe the most. Um 
this la and I definitely know the last record we we made that decision to kind of lean into that nineties vibe. That was a very conscious effort. This one, I'm not sure if it was just because we 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 didn't have that many songs to be honest <laughs> i think you know uh, we were writing slowly um everyone had a lot on so it's kind of like if we get a song it's, it's basically going to go on the record <laughs> otherwise it's going to be a very short record so maybe that's why it's a bit a bit different this time around um i yeah i yeah all of my writing i i reckon i steal so much from bands like jimmy eat world like there's so many reference reference points when I put together that I feel feel like I've just completely stole off them. So <laughs> <laughs> not too blatant, but they're a really big reference point for me. I don't think it's blatant at all. There's sometimes certain tones of guitar parts that I can see the reference to, but I don't think I don't think it's enough that it would hold up in court. So I think that we're safe. <laughs> I think we're good in that regard. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Um, I know that the band recently fin- uh, finished up a, a run of acoustic dates for this this most recent album. How did those shows go? Oh, that was so much fun. They were they're pretty chaotic because because Tyler's been living in Melbourne because he's um, I'm not sure if you've heard, but his son's quite sick in hospital over there. So we've been separated for a few months. So we didn't get a lot of rehearsal time in. Um, so much so that the first show in Sydney basically at Soundcheck was the first time we'd played a few of the songs off the new record together. So it was pretty, yeah, we we were winging it pretty hard. But um, I think, I don't know what it is, but those acoustic shows seem to translate really well for us. Um, You've got to choose the right songs, but I think stripping them back and when you can kind of listen to either Tom's guitar work or Tyler's lyrics um, really seems to connect with the fans. Um, and with that, we just had a lot of fun as well. We were just making fun of each other and um, playing stupid covers the entire time. So <laughs> <laughs> Friday night show in Melbourne was pretty chaotic. And I was like, oh, I hope that wasn't too loose. But everyone I spoke to said that. It was so much fun. It was, it was the best show they've been to. So people seemed to like it. That's awesome. I'm very glad to hear that. Um, <laughs> I know, as you mentioned, Tyler is taking um, – he's obviously got his plate full with a lot going on in his, in his personal life. In terms of, I guess, future shows in support of this album, can we expect some full band shows at some point, possibly in support of the record? Yeah, definitely. So we've got the Good Things Festival coming up at the end of this year, but Mm -hmm. we're currently looking to book a full album tour in the new year, I'm guessing around February or March. So, yeah, there will definitely be a full full, um, band tour to support. Beautiful. That sounds fantastic. I do want to very quickly mention, um, and we won't harp on it too long, uh, but as you said, um, Tyler and his family are going through a bit of a difficult time at the moment. I'm not, I'm not wanting to get into the specifics of it, but I know that there was a GoFundMe page set up, I believe. I think that has now stopped, but is there any way for anyone who's listening to this podcast and does love yourself, does love the band and Tyler and his family, any way that they can kind of support? Yeah, uh, in a selfish way, go and buy the new record and yeah. <laughs> come to a show. Um, it was really great at the acoustic show. You know, I think people are a little bit wary of bringing it up with Tyler, but, you know, he really appreciated people coming up and saying, you know, we're thinking of you. Um, and that's all he needs, you know, is um, just people to show their gratitude and um, and love for him. So, yeah, no, just, just listen to the record and um, say good day when you see us, I think. One look, we can definitely help support that. We will make sure that there are links within the show notes for people to be able to go and buy the world. Don't know you anything, whether that be the record, some merch, t-shirt, anything. Um, as you said, 
all help support. Um, Patrick, usually we ask our guests what they're currently listening to. Is there anything at the moment that um, is kind of on high rotation for yourself? Yeah, I've been getting into a few records a lot lately. I'm re- really loving the new Slow Pulp, Pulp album. I'm not sure if you've heard that. I think the whole thing only came out on Friday, but they'd kind of released a few songs leading up to that. That's really cool. Um, been digging the new Fiddlehead record. That's really great. It's kind of a throwback to some of the punk rock I used to, used to listen to, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So I love how that sounds. Um, the new Movements record I think is really interesting. Um and quite progressive. And then I've been listening to quite a lot of Zach Bryan. So I've been really loving that new oh, Zach yeah. Bryan, which is, I don't know, he's like so popular. So I think I, I maybe I should hate that record, but it's just really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> that record, honestly, we've had a, uh, not an odd cross section, but it seems that anyone from any genre kind of, they'll, they'll give out a few different takes. And then that one seems to be one that ever touches a, so many different people so um yeah, i'm not surprised yeah. it is a fantastic record so yeah yeah it's really cool i really dig it <laughs> patrick um thank you so much for sharing that and thank you again for coming on to the podcast i do appreciate it um as mentioned we'll put all the links in the show notes on where people can buy the world don't owe you anything but um yeah thank you again for coming on no worries thanks very much simon 